Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. The Landlord by M.D. Vickers It was a Tuesday evening, around nine o'clock. I entered my local, the Hare and Hounds, and approached the deserted bar. Alf Ramsbottom, the proprietor of the establishment, walked briskly over, seeming immensely glad of something to do. "'Yes, Jim?' he inquired, eyebrows raised in his usual manner of expectancy. "'Just the usual, Alf. Roaring in here tonight, eh?' Looking around, I observed a seated young couple in the corner, a group of three old blokes going through the lethargic motions of a dominoes game, and another oldish-looking chap in the far corner. "'It's always like this these days, midweek. Not seen you in much, apart from weekends, Jim.' The pint of bitter had been expertly poured and placed on the towel in front of me. I handed him a ten-pound note, continuing the conversation as he addressed the till. "'Blame the wife. I'm lucky to get out at weekends nowadays.' I mean, I know she doesn't drink, but she could come out for lemonade or something, just to be sociable. I asked her tonight, but she just grunted and carried on with her tapestry. The woman's practically a bloody hermit. It'll be even worse when we finally have kids. Alf returned with my change, a wry grin on his face. If that's the way she prefers it, Jim, there's not a lot you can do about it. I pocketed the change, nodding my head at the landlord's remark as I did so. One of these days I might take an eighteen-year-old blonde back. That would make her sit up and take notice. I headed towards the jukebox at the far end, leaving Alf chortling. Rolling a fifty-pence piece into the slot, I selected three tunes and glanced at the solitary old bloke again in the corner. He looked in his late fifties to early sixties. His hair was plastered down with what looked like a copious dollop of brill cream. The face was miserable and haggard, his attire somewhat dated. As I watched, he lifted his pint glass up to his mouth and took a swallow. I found myself staring into a roomy pair of eyes. The man continued to hold my gaze as he took in his bitter. Settling the glass back down on its mat, he then asked me if I'd care to join him. For fear of offending the gentleman, I obliged, just as the mournful pyre of the Walker Brothers classic The Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore started. You have good taste in music, my friend. His voice was coarse, as if his vocal cords had received a vigorous sandpapering. I was only very young in the sixties, I returned. The seventies is more my era, but I can still appreciate the great songs that were around then. The old man emitted a shameless belch, followed by a hiccup. He then proceeded to withdraw what appeared to be a packet of cigarettes, of a brand that I was unfamiliar with. Two were removed from the pack, to which I immediately responded with a polite refusal I had given up a couple of years ago. Replacing the cigarette with indifference, he echoed my previous remark. Then, taking out a box of matches from the same pocket, he lit up, a loud rattling cough pursuing the initial lengthy drag. My immediate perception of the man had been that he was of the type where natural present didn't exist. His world— as was suggested by his mode of dress, was the decade of the sixties. He lived in the past, and the past was his present. The Walker brothers faded out and were replaced by Elton John's Your Song. 
My companion began to speak again, the grating tones just about tolerable, for now. Do you want to hear a tale concerning this pub? I groaned inwardly. An arduous, nostalgic narration was about to happen, and I was powerless to do anything about it. To simply say no was obviously not an option, the only avenue being to listen, nod in the right places, and keep an open, interested expression on the countenance. I decided another pint was in order, before the lecture unfolded. Carrying both glasses back to the bar, after ascertaining what the man wanted, I informed Alf of the request, and the operation got under way. It's looking a bit ominous, Alf. I've got a history lesson coming up over there, it looks like. Yours is the only company he's had all night. He must have been in about an hour before you came. I mean, no disrespect to the bloke, but he sort of seems a bit strange, like he somehow doesn't fit into the present. Do you know what I mean? I did, and told him so. Transaction completed, I let out a long exhalation of air as I grasped the two beers, voicing a here goes before heading back to the corner table. The beginning of the man's story and the commencement of the boisterous acoustics of Shawadiwadi's Under the Moon of Love was nearly simultaneous. It was fair to say I would have preferred to listen solely to the aforementioned seventies hit if I'd had the choice. One night, it was back in the sixties, Friday, in fact. The bell had just gone for last orders about five minutes before three blokes came in. A menacing trio they looked too, drunk as you can imagine. He paused to remove the head from his fresh pint and to relight another cigarette. I also took in a little alcohol refreshment, taking another look round as I did so. The young couple had left. The Domino's group were still ploughing on, their halves of bitter hardly touched— before I turned back to my sentimental companion, I caught sight of the pub door opening, and the middle-aged couple entered, Alf immediately snapping out of his reverie and tending to their requirements. Now, where was I? rattled the old man. I reminded him, and the story resumed from that point. Anyway, one of the three told the barman what they wanted. The barman returned that he couldn't serve them as they were too late— and he'd been done several times before for after-time drinking. So things began to get ugly, quickly. The man who'd asked to be served reiterated his order more loudly. The rest of the pub had gone almost deathly silent at this stage. The barman said again, remaining relatively calm, that it was out of his hands to do so. The thug erupted at this and began to slowly withdraw a blade from his inside jacket pocket. The next thing that happened was shocking. The landlord was reaching for glasses out of the washing bowl, obviously reasoning that he had no choice now but to meet their demands. The fellow with the knife thrust his arm over the bar and stabbed him through the back of the chest. I arranged my face into an expression of anguish, taking another swallow of bitter in the process. Smoke rolled into my face as the old man dragged hard on his fag. Didn't stand a chance. The three of them fled the scene and scarpered off into the night. The landlord was dead before the ambulance arrived. Poor bloke, I commented, not really knowing what else to say. Thanks for telling me about it, even though it was a bit disturbing. I stood up, meaning to put a few more tunes on the jukebox. More disturbing than you think, the old man said as I turned to go. I looked back at him. 
How's that? I asked, my eyes resting on his watery yellow ones once again. I am that landlord, he replied, and promptly faded away. <laughs>